Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. The Town Whispers is a horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog, and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. A little word of warning for you, neighbor. You shouldn't walk into caves alone. You're never sure what you'll find. Maybe a bear. Maybe something worse. Listener discretion is advised. Albert had taken the first child. His heart had hammered beneath his fleshy ribs for hours. Albert had just snatched him. The little boy had tripped, walking down a dilapidated access road through the back of old man Alfie's farm, and Albert had been there to help pick him up and dust off his knees, and then they chased an imaginary deer together off into the woods, bobbing and weaving beneath branches and out of sight. All of his carefully laid plans had been for nothing. Albert had spent hours pacing and staying up late and staring at the inky black of his room, peering into it. Consumed by the idea of taking a child, it seemed a shame for all of that effort to be reduced to a simple impulse. But that's exactly what had happened. Grab now. Think later. The second child was easier, though, and if truth be told, Albert was more anxious and excited than nervous. The urge wasn't sudden and overwhelming like it had been with the first child. No, Albert's second child was a slow accumulation of wanting. He wanted to take another child at first, just a small ember of a want, but the ember slowly burst into an overwhelming need, and every second he wasn't out looking for a little boy or girl who slipped into the space between all the peering eyes of the town. He felt a strong physical frustration, like a stubborn yawn that won't fully come up and out. 
And then he finally found her, playing hide-and-seek. She was great at hiding. Albert had watched her play a couple rounds and seen her shrink down into a tiny ball at the end of a fallen and hollow tree, quietly giggling as the neighborhood children finally got frustrated and called uncle at the top of their lungs, hoping for her to come out and start the game once more. But as she shimmied herself out from her tiny little nook, Albert came and told her not to end the game yet. I know a place they'll never find you. And the little girl loved that idea and she followed him deeper into the woods like the first child had, giggling and playing all the way. The third one was even easier than that. And then the fourth, and the fifth, and the sixth, and eventually Albert lost track of all the boys and girls he'd helped. He lost count of how many boys and girls he'd taken, how many he'd liberated from their parents. Albert was only 13, but he was big for his age. Not big enough to give his father pause when he felt like throwing a right hook after a few drinks, though. A little booze and a right hook. That's what had put his little brother Bart to sleep for good. God, Albert missed him. That wasn't going to happen to Albert. No, he'd be damned if he let that happen. Now, Albert didn't have the sharpest mind, so he couldn't quite figure out how it was that he was going to escape his father. All he knew was that he was going to help as many others get away before he left for good, too. Albert couldn't remember where the idea had come from. It had just been so. The thoughts, and the wants, and the know-hows, all just in his mind one day. And so that's what he was doing. When he took the children, helping them, that's what he told himself. He'd have a little brother or sister for an hour or two as they weaved their way through the trees and he never hurt them. Not once. That wasn't what he wanted to do. He wanted to take them somewhere safe. He would take them to the man in the cave and the man in the cave would take them away. Albert didn't know where he took them. He just took them. He asked once and the man simply said, Why into the tunnels? That's it. Just into the tunnels. The dark, wet, and terrifying tunnels, which you couldn't pay Albert himself to go into, but luckily the man in the cave was always just there, in the cave, which had the light from the sun that trickled in. And the man would just be there sitting on a rock, right where the light met the dark. Albert thought maybe he should ask what into the tunnels meant or where they led, but as much as Albert trusted the man in the cave, he also unsettled Albert, this thick ragged jacket and hood pulled up. And now that he was thinking about it, Albert had never really seen his full face in the dank and dark cave the many times they'd met. But he had a smooth, wonderfully caring voice. A voice you could trust. A voice that didn't sound like the voice of a man who was cruel or mean like parents were. Like 
Albert's parents were. So, even if the cave was a little creepy to walk into, and even if the children Albert took weren't exactly excited about going with the man in the cave, Albert knew he was doing good. And he would continue to do good as long as he got to play for a little bit, got to laugh, and jump from tree to tree, play tag, play hide-and-go-seek. It reminded him of Bart, of playing and laughing with Bart until his father's right hook sent him to the promised land. Poor, small, sweet little Bart. Hey, I'll race through the cave. Hey, no fair. Matthew was seven years old when Albert took him, the latest in a long line of children which had ceremoniously taken the place of his brother for an hour or two at a time. Albert, who was clearly the larger, faster, stronger of the two, took off through the woods. The leaves, which had fallen as they do when autumn arrives, crunched beneath their feet and punctuated the chilled air. He could hear Matthew behind him, huffing and puffing and trying his hardest to catch up, trying his hardest to impress the older boy, but... Albert had already reached the cave and running backwards most of the way, sticking out his tongue at Matthew... You cheated. You didn't count down. I I did. You just didn't hear me. I'm thirsty. Are you thirsty? There's fresh water in the cave. Come and have a sip. The two of them joked and jumped around as they entered the cave. Water dripped from the cavern walls and ceilings, and a dark, wet slime covered most of the rocky surfaces. It was a cave that had sheltered, that had buried, and that had summoned. The cave was a maw in the earth, the mouth to a great tunneling snake with a belly filled of terrors. There were bats and bears, shadows and whispers. And there was the man in the cave, of course. Albert pointed to the corner where the shadows creeped further forward than the rest of the cave. Matthew could hear the sound of water trickling into a pool. It sounded so cold and sweet, the way only water spilt from a rock can be when it's soaked in the crystals and wonders of the earth, and Matthew ran forward with a greedy, parched mouth. He saw the tiny pool of water as he got closer. He saw it glint and shimmer in the dark, and then he got down to the edge. He dropped to his knees and stuck his whole face in the water. Oh, little Matthew had never been so thirsty in his whole life, and it tasted wonderful, and he felt the sweat on his neck chill as his whole body filled with... cave's hand remained firmly on Matthew's neck as he waded out the final twitches and spasms of life that were left in the young boy's body. And Albert just watched as the man in the cave helped Matthew escape the pain and the troubles of life. And most importantly, his parents. 
Matthew was finally free of his parents. The man in the cave smiled. Albert couldn't see his face from where he stood, but he could hear his dry lips peel back over his teeth into a grin. You've done so well, my boy. You are so very smart and clever to have brought me so many young ones. You are a very special someone. A special someone who deserves a reward. Albert's face lit up and his heart felt warm with love. He'd never heard anyone call him smart or clever or special. Not once in his life. But the man in the cave thought he was smart and clever and he thought Albert was special. Come over here. It's right in my pocket. I know you'll like it. I got it especially for you. Albert felt leery about walking further into the cave. He liked staying in the light, and if he was being honest, Albert was afraid of the dark. But he wanted his reward. A special reward that was just for him. Albert hesitated, but he looked at the man in the cave and started walking towards him. Slow at first, and then a little faster as the eagerness in him grew. As Albert got closer, he could make out the whites of the man's eyes in the dark, and they stared at Albert, staring at him, locked on him, and he could see his mouth, wide in a smile, too wide. It seemed to reach from ear to ear, and his skin was a tense stretch from cheekbone to cheekbone and down to his chin. It was so tightly stretched, it looked as if it might tear at the corners. Albert didn't like this. No, this wasn't right at all, Albert thought. Get out of the cave. Albert opened his mouth wide as he felt a scream bursting out of his chest, and the man in the cave's hand shot at him like a bullet. Albert felt as his fingers dove into his mouth, the sharp nails scratching at the back of his tongue and digging painfully into it. The grip tightened and the man's thumb pushed up on the soft underbelly of Albert's chin like a fishing hook. The man in the cave stood where the dark met the light. In his hand held tight, hooked into the bottom jaw of the young man who meant nothing to him. And who was unrecognizable and no longer breathing. The man in the cave stood where the dark met the light. And in his hand held tight was the broken face of Albert, who meant nothing to him and who was unrecognizable and no longer breathing. His face leaked onto the floor. The man in the cave still smiling let go of Albert, who fell backwards and hit the ground with a limp, sickly thud. What should we do with this dead little insect? Shall we fill him with secrets and whispers? 
What spoke back to the man in the cave was a creature the size of a rat. A bald, sickly rat, but with the hands and face of a man. Its skin folded onto itself and scabby pox were visible on its back. And from the deep of the cave, its claws skittered and scratched at the rocky floor as it scampered forward, leapt and jumped into the mouth of Albert clawing furiously and digging its dirty little body down into his gullet, deep into his chest. And when that was done, the man in the cave whistled as he made his way down the dark, snaking tunnels, dragging Matthew behind him. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by Charlie Pierce Smith. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers. And if you'd like to help the town council, perhaps patch the church roof, or condemn the old LaPont Manor, or perhaps build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die consider supporting our wonderful little town, which is nothing but pleasant, even when you are unable to sleep because of the screams echoing from the bog. You can do so by visiting our town hall at patreon.com slash the town whispers. For a few dollars a month, you'll gain the knowledge that has been nibbled from your mind by the worms whispered by sleep and find records written by the founders of our humble little monstrosity of a town. You might even find a relic or two in your mailbox on occasion. For more information on the show, head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. I got the ghost of you inside of my head. What I'm supposed to do, the blood has been shed. He got a dark past in a soul that's of you inside of my